This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. We've got another hour of old-time radio crime for you this week, beginning with Richard Diamond, private detective. We'll hear his August 2nd, 1950 story titled The Fixed Fight Case. After that, it's Nick Carter, master detective, and Murder in the Night. That episode aired November 12th, 1944. Listen while the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. This is your Rexall family druggist speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names and who recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company, like Rexall MI-31, for example, Rexall's popular and versatile mouthwash, gargle, and breath deodorant. Full-strength MI-31 kills contacted germs almost instantly, yet will not harm the delicate membranes of the mouth and throat. Ask for Rexall MI-31 at Rexall drugstores everywhere. And remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, when it's murder or less and you're caught in a mess, if you can't pay my fee, my advice is confess. <laughs> Rick, you old son of a gun. <laughs> this is Frank. Frank? Oh, Frank Bowers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good to talk to you again, Rick. How you been? Well, no complaints, Frank. What's with you? Uh, doing great, Rick. Just great. Bought me a half interest in a gym here in town. Yeah? Sell all your fighters? Oh, but one. Boy by the name of Max Farmer. Say, he's going to the main event tonight. You want to catch him? Well, it all depends. Who's throwing him? <laughs> no, Rick, no. This boy's really good. Say, why don't you drop by the arena tonight? Oh, sorry, Frank. I got a date. And she hates the sight of blood. Ah, talk her into it, boy. I'll leave a couple of passes for you at the gate. Uh, passes? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, I'm a sucker for a good argument. See you tonight, Frank. That night, I led Helen to our seats at ringside. She was dressed to kill, and from the look on her face, I thought I might be the first on her list. Rick. Yes, baby? Would you mind telling the man behind me to stop dripping mustard on my mink? Oh, sure, sure, honey. Hey, Buster, please do not feed the animals. That's the good boy. Rick, why of all places the fights? But, honey, these are $10 seats. Hey, Ricky, Ricky, glad you could use the passes. Boing. Move your feet, Rockefeller, and let the man in. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee, it's good to see you again, Rick. <laughs> Say, say, I want you to meet Lorna Thorne. I, uh... Wow. Hanging onto Frank's arm, I saw why boys like girls. She was wearing slightly more than the fighters. Had so many curves, I got seasick just looking at her. As I stared, I suddenly felt a strange sensation in my legs. Helen was digging her heel into my shin. 
Come up for air, Ricky, dear. Mm. Oh, uh, honey, uh, honey, I want you to meet Frank Bowers. Sally, I know you anywhere. Rick's told me a lot about you. Frank, yeah? that was five years ago. This is Helen. Oops, <laughs> my mistake, huh? <laughs> Lorna, I want you to meet Helen. Hiya. Well, when in Rome. Hiya. What a spot for a thesaurus. Hey, sit over there, will you, honey? I want to sit next to Rick. Oh, Rick, it's a shame I didn't tip you to this fight earlier. You could have put some dough on my boy and really cleaned up. Uh, you think he'll win, huh? No, I know he'll win. He's fighting Lou Scott, strictly a bum from upstate. The syndicate made the match just to build up Farmer's name and pick up some easy dough on the side. Now he tells me. <laughs> there. There's my boy getting in the ring now. I watched Max Farmer climb through the ropes, stop, smile at the television cameras, then at the crowd, and then at the cameras again. If the people at home thought they were seeing a reissue of The Hairy Ape, then television had improved. Because that's exactly how Max looked. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your main event. Ten rounds of boxing. In the white corner, wearing black trunks, weighing 175, and hailing from Buffalo... Center of the ring, received some fatherly advice from the referee, shook gloves, and went back to their corners. Okay, Max! Okay, now, boy, give it to him! Come on, get him! Stop, get him! Well, Frank was right. It certainly was a pushover. Two minutes later, the fight was seven counts from being over. Only it wasn't Lou Scott who was fast asleep on the canvas. The sleeping beauty was Frank's boy, Max Farmer. Max! Max, get up! Max, please, come on! Shut up! Max! Don't you teach your fighters to duck, Frank? Oh, I don't understand it. It's all wrong, Rick. Rick, how can that man sleep up there with all this noise? Oh, Helen. Just call me, Sal. Now can we go home? Sure, baby. Rick, we Rick, can... uh, stick around, uh, will you? I may have a job for you. Oh? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm going down to the dressing room. Meet me there in ten minutes. Come on, Lorna. From the look on Frank's face, I could tell he was worried. So I took Helen outside and put her in a cab. She was a good sport about going home alone, though. Didn't say a word. Not even goodbye. Then I went back inside and made my way to Farmer's dressing room. Come on, come on. Inside, I could hear Frank's angry come on, voice. Come on. All right. All right, so you won't tell me who. But you ain't gonna get away with this, Max. I'll find out, and when I do, you'll be back there. Frank! I'll be right out, Rick. And remember this, you bum. We're through, see? Through! Uh, hello, Rick. Aren't you a little tough on the guy just for losing a fight? Farmer lost that fight before he ever got into the ring. It was fixed. Well, that's strong talk, Frank. Got anything to back it up? Look, I know this boy. I trained him myself. He could have won tonight's fight with his eyes shut. Somebody paid him to take a dive. Maybe it was his own idea. Uh, Max, don't get ideas. He's too dumb. Whew. Rick. Rick, I want you to find out who is behind this fix. Well, you make it sound simple. Got any leads? Maybe. Drop by the gym the first thing in the morning and we'll start from there. First thing next morning, I went down to Frank's gym. 
They say the early bird gets the worm, and I guess it's true. For standing right inside the door was none other than Sergeant Otis. Riot and joy of the 5th Precinct. Uh, pardon me, but aren't you Jack Dempsey? Uh, no, my name is... Uh, oh, Diamond, you here? Very observant, Otis. You're improving. Learned to blow a whistle yet? Oh, why do I always have to run into you? Aren't you afraid to be out without your keeper? Where's Walt? Frank, what are you doing here? Oh, hi, Walt. Hi. Well, I've got a client here. What's your excuse? Routine check on a suicide. Guy by the name of Frank Bowers leaped from the Brooklyn Bridge. What? Frank Bowers? Yeah, know him. Yeah. Well, are you sure about this? It's open and shot. Three witnesses saw him do it. We pulled his body out of the river this morning. Oh, I can't believe it. Frank had no reason to kill himself. I was with him all last evening. That's a good reason. Shut up, Otis. Sorry, Rick, but these things happen. No, not to guys like Frank. He was no quitter. You sure about those witnesses? They're ordinary citizens, Rick. We took their statements this morning. That still sounds phony, Walt. Look, Rick, I know it's hard to believe a friend would take the easy way out, but in this case, it's a fact. Walt, Frank was a good friend. And before I believe he killed himself, someone's got to convince me. All right, all right. Otis, drive Diamond out to those witnesses' homes. I'll walk back to the office. Oh, Lieutenant, why do you always pick on me? Fate, Otis. Don't fight it. It's bigger than us. Come on. Otis drove like a madman, which was strictly in character. The first witness, a butcher named Henry Burton, was at work. But the butcher's wife, a typical homemaker, gave us her version of Frank's death. And just like I told the police, off went the overcoat and over he went. Oh, it was awful. The woman trembled, Otis gloated, and I grabbed my hat. Her husband worked at a nearby market, and their stories checked. That took care of the first two witnesses. Then we drove to the home of Bill Voss, the third and final witness. Well, uh, I was coming home from a late movie, and I started across the Manhattan approach to the bridge. Uh, this guy, uh, Bowers, was about ten yards in front of me. I was foggy, and I couldn't see him very well. But I could make him out when he stopped. He threw off his topcoat, climbed the guardrail, and dived in. I, I yelled, but it was too late. Uh, I'm the one who called the police. The story's all checked. But I still wasn't convinced. So I had Otis drop me off at Frank's gym. If Frank did kill himself, then there had to be a reason. I decided to check on Frank's partner, one Ben Lamb. I found him in his office. It's too bad about Frank. Lamb, what about the business here? Any trouble that might explain why Frank did it? No, everything's running smoothly here. Of course, it was last night's fight, but... Ah, that's out of the question. Then maybe it's an answer. Keep talking. Well, the syndicate is looking for whoever fixed last night's fight. Uh, They play kind of rough when they're mad. Well, maybe Frank was afraid of what they might do to him. You mean he'd kill himself just to save them a bullet? Yeah, that's false economy. It's just a thought. Forget it. I have. But I take it you think Frank was behind the fix. I didn't say that. But Farmer couldn't plan it himself. He's too dumb. And Frank was too smart. I said it. Just a thought. That you may be partly right. Maybe Frank's death does have something to do with last night's fight. Is Max Farmer around? I saw him outside earlier. Thanks. Now, Mr. Diamond, might I ask what makes you so interested in Frank's suicide? Was it suicide, Mr. Lamb? Well, wasn't it suicide? I ask you first. See you around, Lamb.
Before we continue with the adventures of Richard Diamond, private detective, here's your Rexall family druggist. Last week, a customer told me that... Something I really like about Rexall Milk of Magnesia is that one bottle won't be so thick I can't even pour it, and the next one thin and watery. Somehow, Rexall Milk of Magnesia always seems to be just right. Well, ma'am, that's because every bottle of Rexall Milk of Magnesia has to meet an exacting standard of viscosity or it won't wear the Rexall label. What do you mean by viscosity? Well, an easy definition would be the degree of thickness in the liquid. Now, Rexall scientists conduct scientifically precise tests on every batch of Rexall Milk of Magnesia to make sure it meets this constant standard of viscosity because that's one big reason why you'll always get a uniform dosage from every bottle. Oh, and I thought it was all just an accident. Oh, no, ma'am. There are no accidents behind the fact you can always depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. And now back to tonight's adventure with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. I stood in the center of Frank's gymnasium, certain that Frank's supposed suicide had something to do with last night's fight. But how? That was the jackpot question. In one corner of the gym, I saw Max Farmer hitting a punching bag with a methodical, monotonous rhythm. I walked over to him. Max? Yeah. My name is Diamond. Yeah. I was a friend of Frank Bowers. Yeah. Well, if you can spare any more words, I'd like to ask you a question. Look, if it's about last night, forget it, see? I don't know nothing about nothing. No argument there, but I came to see you about boxing. Huh? I don't get you. Well, Frank always said you were one of the best, and I thought you could give me a few pointers. Oh, you, uh, you a fighter? No, no, no. I just like to show off at the Y. You know how it is. Oh, sure, sure. Well, you get some trunks from the shower boy, and we'll go with you. You can learn plenty from me. Good, Max. That's just what I'm hoping to learn. Plenty. The shower boys gave me a pair of gloves and purple trunks. I felt like a self-conscious tulip as I entered the ring, but Max seemed quite impressed. Hey, you got a pretty good bill. I also go steady. You all set? Yeah, I'm ready. Put him up. No, not above your head. Max, we come from different environments. Okay, let's go. Hey, you're, you're not bad. Uh, just just lucky. Hey, wait till I tell my friends that, that I box with the Max Farmer. Yeah, they like that, huh? Like it? I'll be a hero. After all, Max, you've never lost a fight. Oh, oh, I, I, I forgot last night. Sorry. Oh, don't think nothing about that fight. I'll be up there again. You'll see. Oh, no doubt. Hey, 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 wait a minute, wait. Let, let's take a break. I, I'm winded. Okay. You know, you, you fighters have a lot of perseverance. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's what we got, all right, uh, I what guess... you said. I guess good athletes are just born, huh? Not made. Buddy, that's the truth. You know, I've been in sports since grade school. Uh, still at it? What, sports? Uh, skip it. I bet you were good even then, Max. Oh, boy, was I. I played football in high school. Made all state. Weren't always a boxer, huh? No, no, I've done everything. Hey, tell me, tell me. What's the greatest exhibition of sports in the world? Go on now, go on, think. Uh, Shriners Convention? Shriners? Ah, nah. The, the Olympics. And I was in them, too. 
would have won, but Marshal Wayne beat me on points. My, my. Would I have a lot to tell my friends. You know, there's just one other fighter I'd like to brag about sparring with. That's Lou Scott. Lou What? That Scott's a bum. I could whip him with my eyes shut. Oh? I heard that's how you lost. Look, forget about last night. That fight was... Fi- uh, go on, Max. Oh, yeah, I had a headache last night, that's all. Now I gotta take a shower. See you around. It was the first time I'd ever gone fishing in a boxing ring. I was hoping to find out who was behind the fix. That might throw some light on Frank's death. But to coin an old phrase, the big one got away. Next on my list was the girl Frank was with at the fight, Lorna Thorne. She danced at the Silver Circle, a small nightclub not far from the gym. I went backstage, climbed the iron stairs, and found her room. Just a sec. Well, Mr. Diamond. Hello, Miss Thorne. Sit down. Care for a drink? It all depends. Are we drowning our sorrow or celebrating? I don't get you. Well, you don't seem too upset about Frank. Oh, that. I'm not the type to cry, honey. Ruins mascara. Oh, don't get me wrong. I liked Frank. Liked him a lot, but we were both in it just for the last. Mm-hmm. Tommy, did Frank come up here after he left the arena? Yeah. He came up and we talked till it was time for my number. He left about midnight. Did he seem upset? Now that you mention it, he did. Lorna, uh, how well do you know Ben Lamb? Only seen him around. Why? Well, Lamb thinks Frank might have been behind a fixed fight. Hmm, could be. He sure was nervous. Mm, I see. You and Lamb didn't compare stories by any chance? I told you, I've only seen him around. Uh-huh. Hey, this is a nice mink coat. Been saving unemployment checks? I'm a working gal, remember? Oh, come now, honey. You don't earn enough here to buy this kind of coat. I'm a bookie on the side. Hmm, Federson's Furriers on the label. That's real richy, Kit. Thanks. Now I gotta change. Okay. Oh, don't run off. I'll only be a minute. Uh, some other time, honey. Suit yourself. I'll be around. I'll bet you will. I went back to my office, locked the door, put my oxbloods up on my dusty desk and tried to think. There was no logical motive for suicide, but there was plenty for murder. Lamb would inherit Frank's half of the business... Farmer might have been afraid Frank would blackball him with other managers. And Lorna was the type who would do anything for a fast buck. But then there was that constant headache, the three witnesses. My thoughts were all jumbled up. I kept trying to remember everything that had been said today. I kept hearing voices in a jumbled sequence. Yeah, the syndicate plays rough. Frank may have been afraid. Well, I've been in sports since grade school. It's an open and shut case, Rick. You're a hard man to convince, Shamus. Then over he went. Oh, it was awful. Frank behind it? Yeah, it was only a thought, damn it. I'm not the type to cry, honey. Ruins mascara. Then he climbed the rail and dived in. I don't want to, only Marshal Wayne beat me on points. Climbed the rail and dived in. Marshal Wayne beat me. Marshal Wayne. Wayne! Then he dived in. Dived in. Dived. I had it. I knew how Frank was killed. Hello? Mr. Diamond, this is Francis. It was Helen's butler calling to invite me to dinner that evening. He said something about Helen expecting me, but I wasn't listening. I kept hearing that witness say Frank dived in. 
It was the answer to the whole thing. Mr. Diamond, sir, are you listening? Francis, Francis, if you were going to commit suicide... Suicide? I beg your pardon, sir. Look, if you were going to kill yourself from the Brooklyn Bridge, what would you do? Oh, dear, I'd reconsider. No, 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 Francis. If you really were, would you jump or would you dive? Why, uh, I'd probably jump, sir. Yes, I'm sure I would. Well, of course. It's a natural thing to do. See you later, Francis. The pieces began to fall into place. I remembered something Max Farmer had said earlier. Marshall Wayne had beaten him on points. Marshall Wayne. I had associated that name with boxing, but now... I checked in the sports almanac. Listed under the 36 Olympics, I found Marshall Wayne won the high diving competition that year. And Max had competed with him. Now I was certain. First, I put in a call to Federson's Furriers for some information. So far, so good. Then I called Walt and told him to meet me at the gym. It was closing time when I got there and most of the fighters were leaving. But I caught sight of Max Farmer as he made his way out of the showers. How's the water, Max? Huh? Diamond. What's the matter? You don't look happy to see me. What are you doing here? The boys at the Y, remember? I came for some more pointers. It's closing time. Oh, that's too bad. That's the only reason you don't want to spend some time with me, huh? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you're not too tired. Me? I'm never tired. Place just closing up, that's all. Well, Max, old pal, I've got good news for you. I fixed it with lamb for me to lock up when we're finished. Huh? Well, I... Not, uh, scared by any chance. Me scared of you? Why? Get some trunks. You'll see who's scared. I wondered if my Blue Cross plan was still in effect as I changed clothes and followed Max out to the ring in the middle of the deserted gymnasium. Max had an ugly scowl on his face, and I knew that this time he would pull no punches. Ouch. Hey, playing rough, eh, pal? You've got a lousy guard. That's all. Hi. You act nervous. Tired of boxing? Maybe you'd rather be swimming, huh? Huh? Oops, sorry. Now your guard is down. Of course, a a born athlete like you would be happy doing anything in the way of sports, I suppose. Maybe even diving. Your guard, pal, your guard. You... You don't make sense. No, I think so. Your mind's wandering, Max. Keep your guard up. You know, for a real sport, like, say, high diving, there's really no place around here to practice. Unless, of course, you try the Brooklyn Bridge. I bet a really good diver could make it from the Manhattan approach without a scratch. Now, listen, what's the... The guard, Samson. Better watch it. Hold it a minute, hold it a minute. What's the big idea? The big idea came when I figured out how three witnesses could see a suicide that wasn't a suicide. You're loony. Am I? Those witnesses didn't see Frank because he was already in the river. You'd pushed him in. You waited for some people to show up, and then you dived in. No. Yes, Max, yes. But you weren't alone in this. Someone had to talk you into taking a dive in the fight and a different kind later on. You'd have thrown the fight for any man's money, but you'd only risk your neck for a particular species. Female. Men are funny that way. It ain't true. It ain't true. Max, Max, Lorna confessed an hour ago. I'll kill you for this. 
That's your third and final dive, Max. That's a nice right cross, Rick. Oh, I seen better. Ah, the little boys in blue. About time. Walt, when Joe Palooka here wakes up, I think he'll confess. He believes the girl already did. Yeah, so I heard. Rick, how did you figure her in this mess? Well, like most females, she couldn't wait for a mink coat. According to Fetterson's furrier, she bought an expensive coat the day after the fight. Paid cash for it. <laughs> These amateur criminals. Yeah, someone had to be the brains behind Max's action, so I put two and two together and got two. Max and Lorna. Yeah. Otis, go pick up Lorna Thorne. Well, stop fixing your tie and move. Oh, let him alone, Walt. First date he's had in years. Is it? Do you have to play so loud? Well, I can't help it, baby. It's the brute in me. Mm-hmm. And that shiner, darling. What happened? Client or doorknob? Young lady, I have been boxing. Just call me Kid Diamond, please. Oh, no. Boxing? You? Well, why not? It's so strenuous. Well, <laughs> I'm in fair shape. What do you use for muscles? You just put up your dukes and I'll show you. All righty. Now get up and sing. I'm young and healthy, and you've got charm. It'd really be a sin not to have you in my eye. I'm young and healthy, and so you. When the moon is in the sky, tell me what am I to do? If I could hate you, I'd keep away, but that ain't my nature. I'm full of vitamin A. I'm young and healthy, so let's be bold. In a year or two or three, maybe we will be too old. If I could hate you, I'd keep away. But that ain't my nature. I'm full of vitamin A. Ooh, I'm young and healthy. So let's be bold. In a year or two or three, maybe we will be too old. Rick, I'm sorry I hit you so hard, but you're such a show-off. Now, look, honey, you got the wrong idea about this whole... Uh, begging your pardon, Mr. Diamond, sir, but I just wanted to tell you... That I've changed my mind. I would dive off the bridge. What, Francis? You see, I've always been afraid to dive, and, well, it would be fun just that once. Oh, no. Again, here's your Rexall family druggist. Whenever you have a headache, remember this about Rexol aspirin. When taken with water, the five full grains of pure aspirin in every Rexol tablet are ready to go to work for you even before they reach your stomach. So whenever you have a headache, remember that about Rexol aspirin. 
Ask for it at Rexall drugstores everywhere. And remember always, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, stars Dick Powell in the title role and is written by Richard Carr and Marvin Marks with music composed and conducted by Frank Worth. Featured in tonight's cast were Virginia Gregg, Ted DeCorsia, Wilms Herbert, Dee Tatum, Wally Mayer, Howard McNear, Hi Aberback, and Jay Novello. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. This is Bill Foreman inviting you to be with us next Wednesday at this time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hiya, beautiful. Get lost, Bristlepuss. You need a shave. But I have shaved. What else do you want me to do? Silly boy, she wants you to go stag. Go stag? But why? Because stag is Rexall's exclusive line of men's good grooming aids, like stag brushless shave cream. No fuss, no massage, just smooth it on and presto, you get a clean, close shave. Your face stays smooth and whiskerless all day long. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go stag. That's it. Join the stag line now at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Yes, to make girls care. Go stag. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. What's the matter? What is it? It's another case for Nick Carter, Master Detective! Yes, it's another case for that most famous of all manhunters, the detective whose ability at solving crime is unequaled in the history of detective fiction, Nick Carter, Master Detective, presented by the three great Linux home brighteners, Linux Clear Gloss, Linux Cream Polish, and Linux Self-Polishing Wax, created by Acme, America's great producer of Acme quality paints. Today's curious adventure, Murder in the Night. Or Nick Carter and the mystery of the milkman's discovery. In just a moment, we'll hear how Nick Carter solved the mystery of the murder in the night. But before we do, listen to this. Homemaking is an art. And as a successful homemaker, you know that the real achievement is keeping your home attractive. That's why you use Chemtone, the miracle wall finish, to give your walls renewed loveliness. Now, to keep floors, woodwork, and furniture at their shining best, it's the three great Linex home brighteners. Linex clear gloss, the durable super varnish that dries to an elastic, transparent surface which protects all wood and linoleum in your home. Linex cream polish, which cleans as it polishes, leaving no oily film on your furniture. And Linex self-polishing wax, which beautifies your floors with a satiny yet tough non-skid finish that resists wear, water, and dirt. Get the three great Linex home brighteners at your hardware, paint, or department store. Your headquarters also for Chemtone, the miracle wall finish. And now for today's mysterious adventure with Nick Carter. 
Nick and Patsy are spending a short vacation at the home of Walter Summers, sheriff of a small county in Upper New York State. Peace reigns supreme over the Summers household as our story opens. A peace which, unfortunately, is rudely shattered by... All right, all right, just a minute. Sheriff Summers speaking. Sheriff, this is Jed Peters. Yes, Jed. Well, what do you want at this hour of the morning? Sheriff, I'm at the Parsons place, you know, out on the edge of town. Yes, yes, I know. What's the matter? Well, I stopped in here a while back to deliver the Parsons their milk, like I always do. And when I got here, I found Laura, a Mrs. Parsons, all tied up to a chair. Well, I asked her what had happened. She couldn't talk much, but she said something about a man killing her husband and tying her up. What? I looked, and, and sure enough, Mr. Parsons is dead. Shot through the head. You better get out here right away. Mr. Parsons murdered? Yes, yeah, Sheriff. And Laura, Mrs. Parsons is in pretty bad shape. You better hurry up. All right, Jed. I'll be right over as soon as I can. Now, don't touch a thing and don't let nobody else touch nothing. I won't. Goodbye. Hey, what's all that about, Walt? Oh, I wake you up, didn't I? I'm sorry. No, I ain't neither. Because I'd had to wake you anyhow. What's well, early in the morning? It can't be more than six o'clock. Just quarter to six. Oh. But murderers don't care what time it is. Murderer? Yeah. Oh, don't tell me somebody killed somebody way up here in the country. Yes, darn it. First time in 16 years of being sheriff I ever had a murder in this county. I'm sure glad you're here. Oh, now, look here, Walt. I came up here for a rest, not to chase down a murderer. You're a good chap. You don't need me. Maybe not, but you're coming along just the same. Oh, now. Get up now before I pull the clothes off the bed and pour this pitcher of water over you. All right, all right, all right. I suppose there's no way out. But you're to be in charge. Well, if that's the way you want it, that's all right with me. Now hurry up and get some clothes on, while I tell the medical examiner to meet me at the Parsons' place in 15 minutes. I'm surprised Patsy didn't want to get up and come along. Well, when I asked her, she just said she'd see us later. Uh, Said she wanted to get all the beauty sleep she could first. (laughs) Looks as if she was going to get the vacation, not you. Don't fool yourself. I'm going to see that this killing is solved in record time. I have to prove I did it myself. Anything for peace and quiet. Uh, you know, it's funny about the Parsonses. Young Henry Parsons and his wife, a right pretty little girl she is, too. They come to town about two years ago. Stayed at the hotel till they found a house that they liked. It's a little bungalow. Built right smack on the edge of the cliff overlooking the river. Fellow that owns the bungalow, he sort of took a liking to Henry and got him a job in the lumber mill. He's been there ever since. Good steady worker, they tell me. Did they have any enemies? Oh, not so far as I know. They never went out much, but everybody liked him. He was a real nice fellow. And if ever I saw two people in love with each other, it was them two. Yeah, they was more lovers than married folks. Leastways, more than most married folks that I've seen. Hmm. This is going to be pretty bad for her, then. Losing the man she loved. Yes, you're right. There, that's the house. The gray one with the smoke coming out of the chimney. Oh, I tell you, it's going to be terrible, Nick. I'm dreading having to ask her any questions about it. Uh, you wouldn't want to... Oh, no. No, no, not much I wouldn't. I'm just a private in the rear rank today. Uh, I thought you wouldn't. Well, this is it. Might as well get over with as soon as I can. Come on, let's go in. Door's probably open. Yes, it is. Doc Winslow ought to be here in just a few minutes now. He only lives a few miles further from here than I do. Morning, Sheriff. What? Doc, you here already? 
You must have flew over. Well, I left soon as I got your message. Well, good for you. Uh, meet Mr. Nick Carter, a friend of mine. Hello, Mr. Carter. Morning, Doctor. Parsons is dead, all right. Shot right through the head. He's there in the dining room. Uh, Miss Parsons taking it pretty hard, is she? Terrible hard, Sheriff. I put her to bed in the spare room. Somebody gave her a real good sock in the jaw, judging by the looks. I'd like to give her a sedative, but I knew you'd want to talk to her first, so I've been waiting till you got through. Oh, thanks, Doc. I knew I could count on you. Say, where's Jed? I don't see him around. Well, Jed felt that babies had to have their milk, murder or no murder. So I told him to go ahead, but to come back soon as he could, and I told him not to tell a soul what happened here. Well, that's something anyway. I hope he minds what you told him. Now, look, Sheriff, you going to question Mrs. Parsons now, or ain't you? Yes, right now, Doc. Come on, then. Come on, Nick. Right with you, Walt. Morning, Miss Parsons. I'm terrible sorry to hear about Henry. Now, can you tell me what happened? I'll do my best, Sheriff. Good girl. Now, suppose you start right at the beginning and, and just tell us whatever you can. Well, I was asleep when I heard a loud noise. It woke me up. What kind of a noise? I don't know, just a loud noise. Like an explosion. Like All right, all right, we know what you mean. And then what? I woke up, I found that Henry wasn't in bed beside me. That scared me, so I called him. didn't answer, and I started to get out of bed. And I saw... I saw... Yes, Miss Parsons? What was it you saw? Henry on the floor, dead. All right, steady now. Take it easy. And what did you do then? I screamed. A man hit me on the chin, that's all. Mrs. Parsons, did you get a look at this man who hit you? Could you tell us what he looked like? He's about medium-sized, stocky, and on old clothes he hadn't shaved for several days. There was a scar across his forehead and, and down over his cheek. Did you ever see him before? No, never. Well, now suppose you go on with your story. When I became conscious again, I was gagged and tied up in one of the kitchen chairs. The man said he was sorry he had to kill me, but he couldn't take any chances on my telling the cops about it. Did he have a gun, Mrs. Parsons? Yes. I could see it in his pocket. He said he couldn't shoot a woman. He knew a better way to do it. And what did he do? He turned on the gas. He said that was an easy way to die. And he left me. Where'd he go then? I... I heard him moving around in the dining room. And I heard him climb out the window and shut it. And he left the gas turned on? Yes. I almost died before Jed got here and turned it off. And then Jed cut you loose? Yes. It seemed hours later. <laughs> Well, that's about all she can tell us, Walt. You better let her get yeah. Well, thanks, Miss Parsons. That'll be all for now. We'll let you know if we want to know anything else. I'll send the doc in. Thank you. Doc, you can put her to sleep now. We're through with it. About time, too. Poor kid. She's pretty near all in. Nick, you heard her describe that man that done it. Why, yes. Why? I know him. You know him? Not personally, I don't mean, but I know who he is. Been hanging around town for over a week now. There's been two burglaries while he's been here, too. I've been going to arrest him on suspicion, but now, by gosh, I got a real reason to arrest him. Yes. Looks that way. Well, let's take a look at the body. Yeah. Doc said it was here in the dining room. Yes, there it is. Mm -hmm. Must have just been coming out of the bedroom when he was shot. Yeah. Never knew what hit him, seems like. Now, look there, Walt. The center window. What? Oh, the catch is smashed. So that's how he got in. Yes. Hmm. Henry must have heard him in here, got up to see what was going on, and the burglar shot him. Footprints here on the windowsill, too. 
And I can see some prints down in the garden under the window. Well, sir, that settles it. I'm going to find that tramp, and I'm going to get a confession out of Now, wait, Walt, wait. You have to have more evidence than a footprint to convict a man of murder. But Miss Parsons can identify him easy, because she saw him. Well, suppose you go after him. I'll stay here and see what else I can dig up in the way of evidence. You you don't want to go with me? No, it's better if we each work on a separate angle. Get results quicker that way. Okay, Nick. I'll get hold of my deputy, and we'll find that murdering tramp in short order. Just a minute, Walt, just a minute. Thought I heard someone just outside this door. You mean somebody's listening? I think so. Let me open the door. Well, Jed, what are you doing here? <laughs> Nothing. Well, Jed, you hear anything worth listening to? <laughs> I wasn't listening. I just happened to be standing here. Well, if you wasn't listening, I don't know All if you... All right, Walt, let me handle this. Well, I... How does it happen you're back so soon, Jed? Got your milk all delivered? Well, just took the milk to houses where they got babies, and I came back just like Doc told me to. Of course. You tell anybody about the murder? No, Doc said not to. Mm-hmm. Jed, what time was it when you first heard Mrs. Parsons moaning? When I set her milk on the back porch, about 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock, huh? Yeah. But you didn't phone the sheriff until after 5.30. What delayed you? Why, uh, I was untying Laura, uh, Mrs. Parsons, and trying to get her to tell me what had happened. I see. Did you break in the front door or the back when you came in? Neither one. The back door was unlocked. Oh, the back door was unlocked. So you just came in that way. Why, sure I did. So what are you trying to do, get me balled up? I'm not trying to do anything to you, Jed. I just want to get all the facts straight. Okay, what else you want to know? Suppose you tell us just what happened when you came in the back door. Well, Laura, Mrs. Parsons was tied up in one of the chairs near the gas stove. I smelled gas, and she said whoever it was had turned it on to suffocate her. So I, I turned it off. Gosh, she was almost out. Then I cut the ropes that were holding her, and I let her loose. What else did she say? She didn't say nothing much. She was just about unconscious when I found her. She talked about a man coming in and uh, killing her husband and some other stuff I didn't get. I see. And what did you do then? Why, I uh, I took her into the spare room and I put her on the bed. Then I called the sheriff. That's all. Jed, I notice you're pretty friendly with Mrs. Parsons. What do you mean by that? Why, the way you call her Laura, that's all. Oh. Well, you see, she's been giving me grammar lessons for about an hour every day after my milk's delivered, so uh, I got to know her kind of well. Mrs. Parsons is very pretty, isn't she? You're darn right she is. Well, look around the whole route. You like her very much, don't you? Sure I do. She's been awful good to me, and I... Well, I just like her. You in love with her, Jed? In love with her? Of course not. She's married. You weren't so much in love with her that you'd be jealous of her husband? Want him out of the way, perhaps? Hey, look here, you. If you're trying to say that I killed Mr. Parsons, you can turn... Shut up, Jed. Nick's doing the talking here. You're just answering questions. Well, he didn't think he'd come around here making cracks like that. I don't know as I'd call that a crack. There's been considerable talk around town about how much time you've been spending with Miss Parsons. I never took no stock in it before, but now... I tell you, there's nothing to it, Sheriff. We was just good friends, that's all. All right, Jed, that's all for now. But don't go anywhere. But I ain't finished delivering my milk yet. Listen, if Nick says wait, you wait. I'll tell you when you can go. Murder's a serious thing. Of all the thick-headed, dumb clock tires. You think Jed really had anything to do with it, Nick? He certainly had the motive and the opportunity. Can't afford to overlook any angle until we're sure. For the present, I suspect everyone. <laughs> What in heaven's name is that? That's Mrs. Parsons. There may be more trouble. Come on, come on. What new development is this? Has something happened to Mrs. Parsons as well as her husband? We'll see in just a moment. Nothing adds more to any room than a floor that's bright and shining and sparkling clean. And that's just the way all your floors look when you protect them with Linex Clear Gloss Varnish. For Linex Clear Gloss, the durable super varnish, 
gives a beautiful transparent gloss that keeps its beauty a long, long time because it wears and wears. Linex Clear Gloss is easy to apply, drying without brush marks. And it protects your floors, protects every wood and linoleum surface in your home against damage by hot grease, boiling water, perfume, fruit acid, even alcohol. What's more, Linex Clear Gloss is easy to keep clean, for it keeps dirt on the surface where you can wipe it away in a jiffy. Yes, Linex Clear Gloss is the finest protective finish you can use to keep your home looking lovely. That's why thousands of American homemakers depend on it. Ask for it by name. Linex, L-I-N-X, Linex Clear Gloss Varnish. You'll find all three great Linex home brighteners and Chemtone, the miracle wall finish, at paint, hardware, and department stores everywhere. We left Nick and the sheriff racing down the hall toward the room where Mrs. Parsons had been sleeping in the effort to find out why she was screaming. Bad, Nick. Please, Mrs. Parsons, take this. You must. What's the trouble, Doc? She's having hysterics. I didn't give her a big enough dose before, I guess. Now she won't take nothing. Here, let me hold her. Uh, all right, now put the glass to her lips. Maybe she'll take it. Yeah. Uh, that did it. That'll keep her quiet. Gosh, I thought she was being killed from the noise she was making. You fellas find anything? Yes, sir. We found the marks where the killer, uh, that is, the fellow we think must have killed him, broke in through the window in the dining room. I'm going out after him now. Uh, where'll you be, Nick? If I'm not here, I'll be at your place. I'm going back and get Patsy as soon as I'm through here. We came up here for a vacation, you know. All right, Nick, I'll be seeing you. Good luck with your hunting. Nick, how does it look so far? Well, we know that a burglar entered the Parsons' house last night and stole some silverware. Uh-huh. When I went back to look after Walt left, I found the sideboard and the dining room was cleaned out. He may have shot Parsons when Parsons surprised him taking the stuff. What about Jed? Well, he certainly had the motive. He loved Mrs. Parsons. And he had the opportunity, that of being on the spot at practically the same time the murder took place. Do you know when that was? Well, we got there about six. He'd been dead roughly about an hour then. Which one of the two do you think did it? I'm not ready to answer that yet, Patsy. Oh. While I was looking over the scene of the crime after Walt left, I found several little things that indicate there may be a third party involved. A third party? Well, what do you mean? Look out for that kid on that bike, Patsy. Oh. Pull over, pull over. Phew. Gosh, that was too close. Yes. These kids would learn to watch where they're going when they're on the main highway. Well, we missed him. Yeah. So it's all right this time. Can you uh, see the Parsons house in this road, Nick? No, the cliff's too steep. How are you going to know where to look, then? Before I left the house, I hung one of my handkerchiefs on the clothesline right at the edge of the cliff. Oh, that's good. I think we can see it from here. Should be just ahead. Now watch for it. Ah, yes, there it is. Slow down a little. Okay. Now stop. Right here. Right. Good thing you hung that handkerchief up there. You'd never know there was a house there. Now, you know what you're looking for, don't you? Yes. You don't think it could have gone across the road, do you? I doubt it, Patsy. Take a trained baseball player to throw it that far. No, it's somewhere between the road and the bottom of the cliff. Now, you look from here up that way, and I'll look from here down. We've got to find it if it's here. We can't give up until we do.
Careful, feet. We don't want to warn him we're here, because he's a desperate character. Good thing those kids seen him coming this way, Sheriff. Saves us a lot of hunting around. See anything in that shack they told us about yet? No, no, but it should be just ahead. Take it easy now. There it is. It's right, right there. All right. Now, listen, Pete. You stay out here in front. Keep behind that big tree and fire your gun over the shack once in a while to keep his attention on you. Hmm. I'm going around back and creep up on him from that side. Then I'll get him before he knows I'm there, see? But keep hid. I don't want to lose deputy. Okay, Sheriff. I'll watch him. Want me to start firing now? No. Let me get a head start so he won't see me. And then start firing. I'll signal you when. Okay, good luck. There's a signal. Here goes. Get your hands up. We got you surrounded. You can't get away, Sheriff. You got him? Dog, nabbit. There ain't nobody here. Has he been living there, Sheriff? Yeah, he's been here all right. But he must have cleared out right after the murder. Must have got scared and run for it. Well, look, Sheriff. Huh? Here's a fork under this old piece of carpet. Got a big initial P on it. Uh-huh. One of Parsons is likely. Oh, this is our man, all right. What now, Sheriff? We're going back to the office and send out an alarm for him. He won't get fur before he's nabbed. I'll see to that. But where are you now, Nick? At your house, Walt. We found the gun. Is that the man you went after? <laughs> He sure did. Good. Got him and the stuff he stole, too. He was caught in the next town trying to pawn some of that silver. My deputy just brought him in. What does he have to say? Oh, he says he found the silver in the woods near his shack. Says he never was near the parson's house. Well, we'll change his mind for him when we show him what we know. Mm-hmm. Well, Walter, after I started thinking things over, I went back to Parson's place. Found a couple of very interesting bits of evidence that I'd overlooked before. Suppose you take the burglar out there. I want Mrs. Parsons to identify him. I'll meet you there in 15 minutes. Okay, Nick. We'll be there. Good. I want to get back to my vacation. Well, now that we're all here, Doc, will you ask Mrs. Parsons to join us? I want her to identify this man. She's feeling a little quieter now. I'll get her. Have I got to stick around here forever, Sheriff? I've got a job to do. If I don't get back, I'll be fired. If you don't stay where you are, there'll be trouble. Now you sit down. But I've got to get back. Sit down. There's some things I want to ask you as soon as Mrs. Parsons gets here. Oh, Walt. Take your prisoner over the other side of the room so she won't see him when she first comes in. All right, Nick. Come on, you. Come on. All right. Quit shoving. I'm coming. Mr. Carter... Won't you make this as quick as you can? I don't feel I can stand much of this questioning. We'll spare you all we can, Mrs. Parsons. But there are certain things we have to know. Won't you sit down here next to Patsy? Yes, here, Mrs. Parsons. Let me help you. All right. But I... Ah! There! That's the man! He did it! He hit me and tied me up! Ah, you're nuts! I may have shot you, but I never touched your old man! Well, looks as if that settled it. If you're the one that hit her, you're the one that killed Henry. We found you with the silverware on you, and Miss Parsons here identifies you. Now, are you going to admit that you did it? No, because I didn't. I swiped the stuff, maybe, but I didn't croak nobody. I just gave her a clout on the jaw to keep her quiet. Uh-huh. Well, Nick, what you got to say now? Are you satisfied? No, Walter, I'm not. There's several things that don't match up here. No, I don't know what's the matter with you, Nick. But I know you'll do it the way you want to anyway, so go ahead. Now, you. What time did you break into this house? About two o'clock. Did you see either Mr. or Mrs. Parsons? I looked in. They were both asleep. I didn't wake them up. 
You did. You woke Henry and... Please, Mrs. Parsons, please be quiet. Nick knows what he's doing. You just took what silver you could find and went out again, huh? Yeah. The woman woke up and was going to stop me, so I had to sock her one to keep her quiet. Then I ducked out. That's all. He's a lying, thieving, murdering... I don't think so, Walt. But, Nick, listen... Let me finish, please. Jed, what was Mrs. Parsons wearing when you found her this morning? Why, uh, she had a pink sort of house coat, lots of lace on it. Yes. Did she look pretty in it? She sure did. But that don't mean I had Just answer my questions, please. Mrs. Parsons, did you ever see this gun before? Uh, No, I never saw it before. You sleep on two pillows, don't you? Why, yes. And you never saw this gun before? No. No, I didn't. That's peculiar. When I lifted the top pillow off your bed this morning, I found a little hollow on the top of the bottom one, and this gun just fits it. That's a lie. I, I Mrs. Had Parsons, a, a... you like Jed. He's a nice boy, but I... You liked I... your husband better. Of course. I loved Henry. Yes. You loved him so much you couldn't bear to have him leave you. Isn't that true? I don't... What, what are you getting at, Nick? I don't get this. Walt, Mrs. Parsons killed her husband. I didn't. I, I didn't. It was that man. Oh, you're nuts. Are you crazy, Nick? Oh, it makes you think she did it, Nick. Think? I know she did it. As I see it, she woke up and heard the burglar in the dining room. She'd already decided to kill Henry, but hadn't decided how to do it. And now the thought came to her that she could kill Henry and blame it on the burglar. She'd undoubtedly seen the man around town and knew exactly what he looked like. Remember that very excellent description she gave us, Walt? Well, sure, sure, but well, I... Well, she never saw him that clearly by flashlight. You're lying! You can't prove any and of this... About five o'clock, she got up, took a gun from under her pillow, went into the dining room and called Henry very excitedly. When he rushed out of bed to see what was the matter, she waited for him at the dining room door and shot him as he came through. Then she took off her nightdress and put on the pink housecoat. I found the nightdress with some spots of blood on it under the mattress on her bed. You're lying! I wore that housecoat to bed last night. I was cold. Yes. I... Was that housecoat rumbled up when you saw it this morning? Why, well, gosh, it looked like new to me. I thought so. Mrs. Parsons, you went to the kitchen. Waited until a few minutes before you knew Jed was due to arrive. Then you turned on the gas, tied yourself in the chair as best you could, and waited for Jed. You knew there was no danger of your suffocating before Jed arrived, and you knew that Jed was half in love with you already, and that when he found you in that very feminine and attractive garment, he'd never noticed that the knots which bound you were tied very clumsily and not very secure. Well, that's a lie. She was all tied up good and tight. That's what she wanted you to think. Well, why should she do it, Nick? Yes, Nick. What earthly reason would she have to do it? I didn't do it. I didn't do Walt. it. Walt. Huh? Remember when we approached the house this morning, we saw smoke coming out of the chimney? Well, yes. I... Well, and I remembered that smoke a little while ago. I went down to have a look at the furnace. I was curious whether there should be a fire going on a warm day like this. And I found this. A letter from Henry's real wife in the city, saying that she was happy he had at last decided to return to her and his son, from whom he'd run away when he came here with Laura. And there was the motive, plain enough. Laura couldn't bear the thought of his leaving her. It was a blow to her pride that he was tired of her. So she killed him. Her fingerprints are on this gun we found, if you want definite proof. All right, I killed him. And I'm glad. He couldn't treat me that way. But I'll never go to the chair. I'll kill myself first. Better take her away, Walt. And keep your eye on her. Murder demands that the murderer pay the penalty for his crime. Gosh, Nick, I still can't believe it. She was such a darn nice little girl. Well, Nick, if she hadn't tried to burn that letter, she might have gotten away with it. Yes, Patsy. That was what first led me to think she did it. Until I found that letter, I could find no motive for her killing him. And without the motive, nothing made sense. But the furnace was so choked with the ashes that the papers she tried to burn just smoldered. And where there's smoke, you know. Yes, I know. 
with his smoke. Nick Carter solves the case with it. In just a moment, Nick and Patsy will bring you a preview of next week's exciting case. A home that's truly lovely is a place folks want to be. A place where there's fun and relaxation and real joy of living. Your whole family takes pride in your home when you keep it looking attractive with the three great Linux home brighteners. Linux cream polish, for instance, which cleans as it polishes, gives your fine furniture a handsome luster, drying to a hard surface that leaves no oily film to attract more dust, to make more work. Yes, in one quick, easy application, Linux cream polish actually removes the cloudy accumulation of previous polish and dust, banishes messy fingerprints, and helps conceal ugly scratches. For Linux cream polish cleans as it polishes, without tiresome rubbing, saving one whole step in your cleaning day routine. So depend on this modern, easy shortcut to furniture beauty. Get all three great Linux home brighteners at your dealers now. Linux clear gloss varnish, Linux cream polish, and Linux self-polishing wax. In case your dealer hasn't received his supply of the three great Linux home brighteners, he'll have them soon. Ask him to save one or all of them for you. Acme will see that he gets them and you get them as quickly as possible. And now let's hear from Nick Carter himself. How about next week's story, Nick? Can you give us a hint? In spite of the fact that the doctor said it was heart failure, a young man felt so sure that his uncle had been murdered that he arranged a midnight seance with a famous medium. And had everyone who could have committed the murder there to see what went on. And did the medium succeed in contacting the dead uncle? Well, she claimed she did. Everyone there thought they recognized his voice. And did he accuse anyone of murdering him? That's where the story starts, Ken. And that's where it's going to end for now. Yes, yes, no more until next week. So long. So long, everybody. And so long to you, Nick and Patsy. We'll be looking forward to seeing you again next week. Next week at this time, listen to another curious experience of Nick Carter, Master Detective, entitled... Unexpected Death. Or Nick Carter and the Mystery of the Seance Murderer. Nick Carter, Master Detective, is a copyright feature of Street and Smith Publications, Incorporated. It is presented at this same time and over these same stations by the three great Linux home brighteners. Linux Clear Gloss, Linux Cream Polish, and Linux Self-Polishing Wax. Created by Acme... America's great producer of Acme quality paints. In the Nick Carter Adventures, Lon Clark is starred as Nick. Helen Choate is featured as Patsy. Original music is played by Lou White. The programs are written and directed by Jock McGregor. This is Ken Powell speaking for the thousands of Linux dealers all over America and saying, so long until next week. This is Mutual. That's Case Closed for this week. There'll be another one next Wednesday, but in between now and then you can find more from Richard Diamond, Nick Carter, past episodes of this podcast, and all the others at relicradio.com. Don't forget to donate while you're there. Your support makes all of this possible. I can't do it without you. Visit donate.relicradio.com if you'd like to see what downloadable sets we have for certain donation amounts. Any amount is always appreciated and helpful. 
Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Wednesday with another episode of Case Closed. Case Closed.